0: Welcome to Tech Refactored, a podcast in which we explore the ever-changing relationship between technology, society, and the law. I'm your host, Gus Horwitz, the Menard Director of the Nebraska Governance and Technology Center. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to participate in the AI and Creative Filmmaking Design Hackathon. This was an event co-organized by the Johnny Carson Center for Emerging Media Arts, the Governance and Technology Center and the student group, Cinema 16. What is a design hackathon? Well, this is a one-day intensive AI filmmaking hackathon where groups of two to four people, many of them were students, but the event was open to the broader community, worked together to produce short films, typically two to four minutes in length, using AI tools and software. The only requirement, or perhaps I should say the only technical requirement, is that these videos had to be created using some combination of AI tools. Participants could use traditional filmmaking techniques like just using a camera to record actual live-action footage, or using green screens, and they could write scripts on their own. Or they could use tools like ChatGPT, which many of us are already familiar with, to do things like write the script, or have conversations, or conduct research about what the script should be. They could use other tools that many of us are familiar with, like Midjourney or Dali, in order to come up with graphics or other images that they would use in their videos. But they could also turn to a wide range of other tools that most of us probably aren't familiar with. Tools like EBSynth or Beethoven to create, or I should say co-create, AI-generated audio or voices, or they could use tools like Runway in order to generate actual video from static images. There's a wide range of tools out there and the only technical requirement for participants is that they had to use some of them. And there was also a creative requirement, or really we should say prompt for the videos, which is that they had to somehow be on the theme of when species meet. And that of course is quite a wide prompt, which the participants used to create quite a wide range of videos. Now, I wasn't there as a participant. I have to be honest with myself and admit that I don't have the creative or technical chops to have held my own against the really remarkable group of participants at the Hackathon. But I was invited there to serve as a judge for the final products, and I also spent most of the day there, learning from the participants, watching their creative processes, and seeing all the tools that they used. I spoke with Amunrah Jordan, Javadin Hoyt, and Seth Harsh, who used ChatGPT and Midjourney as the main tools in the creation of their video.
1: I already got the AI to generate the, uh, the aliens, they're called mimicrons. Mimicron. Mimicrons. Oh, really <laughs> oh,
0: Given the creative prompt, When Species Meet, it's perhaps unsurprising that some of the groups decided to use AI as one of the species meeting another. The next group took this path both using AI tools to create their video, but also inserting AI into their video as one of the primary characters.
1: Yeah, just trying to brainstorm right now, just on topic ideas. I think we're trying to take a different approach rather than obviously everyone's first initial idea when you hear like when species meet, you're like, oh man,
0: an alien or something like that. So just, Thinking of more unique ways to maybe approach it and see where you can put in those themes of artificial intelligence and other things like that. So that the AI isn't just the tool that you're using, but it's possibly one of the things being met. Exactly. The Crowd's Choice winners of the Hackathon, a group consisting of Johnny Carson Center for Emerging Media Arts students, Hannah Pennerson, Maricel Reinhardt, and Ollie Jenkins, used Mid-Journey, Runway Generation One, and Runway Frame Interpolation to create a truly innovative, and I will say, a little intimidating, video called, We Love You, Weagle.
2: Well, I don't know. I feel like it just happened pretty naturally just now. I feel like we all kind of sat down and just like had pieces of it already, and now it's just kind of like coming together, and we're adding more to it and it's just
0: kind of like the ideas are flowing really quickly now you know what you're using i, I see uh, oh, ChatGPT yeah. there on your uh, screen right now
2: we're just kind of ideating like script ideas through chat GPT, but then we're going to experiment with um the runway
1: ai tool which does the video to video and just see where we can go
0: from there hannah ollie and maricel's video is an exploration into the delicious sogginess of crispy 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 crisps now, seriously, I'm the last person who should be taken as an art critic, but I interpret this video as a commentary on the constructed artificiality of consumer expectations, artificially constructed by artificial intelligence. It's a truly deep meta commentary in that way, which makes it both powerful and more than a little dystopian. And the
1: People's Choice Award was. <laughs> we love Wegles!
0: The creative forces, and I truly do mean forces in the best possible way, behind the AI and creative filmmaking design hackathon are Ash Eliza Smith and Robert Toomey, both affiliated with the Johnny Carson Center for Emerging Media Arts at the University of Nebraska, and also both fellows with the Governance and Technology Center.
2: Yeah, I'm an assistant professor at Johnny Carson Center for Emerging Media Arts. My lab is focused on storytelling, world building, speculative design, with a dash of performance thrown in there.
1: I am also an assistant professor here at the Johnny Carson Center. My lab, the Machine Cohabitation Lab, we work with kind of the ways we live, work, and learn with machines. And I do a lot of the computing and the arts, fabrication, robotics, things like that.
0: Towards the end of the day, I was able to sit down with both Ash and Robert and talk with them both about the process that led up to the hackathon and the events of the day. So we're here today for the Generative AI Video Hackathon. Ash, if we could just start, I know you've done various hackathons style events before. Can you tell us a bit about what a hackathon is generally? And then Robert, will turn to you for this event in particular.
2: Yes, I've done uh, quite a few either hackathons or you could c- call them design a or design hackathons. And then some people just call them straight-up film festivals or sometime like the 24-hour or the 72-hour. But in all cases, you're dealing with constraints and limitation of time. Um, and the idea is that people are gathering around a, either in the case of design, maybe it's a problem that's been identified and teams are working to create kind of go through the phases of ideating and, and doing prototypes and coming up with some possible solutions in the case of more creative work. And, and I would actually also say like, we're also coming up against questions today. So in today's hackathon, it's not just students, there's some uh, staff and faculty and uh, grad students about, and everyone is working with AI co-creation tools, to create between a two to four minute film. They have just under nine hours to do it in. And in this case, of course, they come up with a lot of questions, roadblocks, limitations, but it's, it's just in that space where we can also start to think about the limitations of the technologies and the tools and the friction points when we're working with emerging media.
1: We plan this event in partnership with a student club called Cinema 16. Um, that club does these sort of 24, 48-hour film festivals or hackathons kind of over a more extended period. I'll, um, I'll
0: quickly just say I, I spent a bit of time talking yeah. to uh, the student Sixteen uh, St- Cinema, Cinema 16, 16. students, yeah. and uh, we'll hear a bit more from them a bit later.
1: Yeah. So there's, I mean, obviously with the recent advances with language models, text-to-image generation, video stylization, things like that, um, there's like a broad and, you know, strong interest in kind of incorporating those tools into the creative production that our students, you know, the work that they do. So, so we came up with this idea of doing a filmmaking hackathon that's, you know, explicitly engaging these tools. And so we, we set the scope pretty broadly in terms of like what tools they might work with in various classes. They've been using some of this like text image generation or generating, you know, text as a part of, of story construction. Um, but we ran a few workshops in advance of this where we took them through a few techniques they could use today and then kind of left it open in terms of how they'll how they'll pull those things together. Do you want to say about the prompt?
2: Yeah. And so our kind of like constraints today were to give them the prompt uh, when species meet, um, really kind of pulling that out of a kind of Donna Haraway book. But uh, really um, wanting people to think about, oftentimes when we think about, Uh, when species meet, the first thing that might come to mind in in the context of an AI hackathon might be a human and an artificial intelligence. But can we we expand- We definitely see a little bit of that (laughs) Uh, today,
0: but some of the groups are working on.
2: But can we expand that to think beyond just that kind of uh, relationship and to really think about other kinds of intelligences around us from plants to animals, all of the ways that artificial intelligence is giving humans more- knowledge about you know systems or animal communication, et cetera, that we might not have known before. So that's one part of the prompt that we were really excited about exploring. Um, but then also we gave them a, a line, which is uh, from uh, our friend, Charlie Friedman's print, 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 series, yeah. print series that literally says, everything is going to be okay. And so with that line, they have to figure out how to use that as a title dialogue in some way in the film, so.
0: I I love the use of constraints to uh, really prompt creativity. Necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I I also love the when species meet prompt. One of the things that it got me thinking about almost uh, immediately was with AI, we're doing so much of this machines learning how humans behave Mm -hmm. um, with training data, mostly using large language models, but it doesn't need to only be that. And I immediately started thinking, what if we were to train an AI on how dogs communicate, mm. um, both uh, perhaps vocally, but also I, I've been playing around with one of the, the Blender motion capture, use your cell phone, take mm-hmm. some photos, take some video, and then AI turns it into a wireframe model um, sort of uh, tools. And you could you could use that sort of thing and kind of do the same machine learning to understand how different animals actually mm. interact physically. Mm-hmm. And wow, you, you could have an AI trained on how cats interact and how dogs interact and how birds interact, well, that's really cool. And I, it just didn't, hadn't clicked uh, just from your yeah. prompt alone. <laughs> There's a completely new domain of AI that I, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about there.
1: So it's it's like a it's a broader set of possibilities that AI opens up, I think, as Ash was saying, kind of species instead of like the human and machine, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about the way it facilitates communication. I think also these generative tools, you know, raise questions of like where we attribute agency, where we attribute and where we read intelligence, where we read empathy or understanding. In all kinds of things. And we're talking about like interactive systems or computational tools, but I think that also kind of points to this investigation of like interspecies relationships.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think you and I together, uh, we have a, a shared, some of the projects that we work on is also kind of thinking about what these tools uh, afford us um, in terms of the future of narrative. Um, and really thinking about creating kind of narrative systems as ways of I don't know, exploring new ways of not just flatties, as in like films that are flat, but also games and, um, you know, theater and other kinds of interactive experiences. Um, I think one of the, the biggest uh, changes and fastest we'll see is around gaming and NPCs being able to... Uh, quickly come up with some dialogue back based on large language models, et cetera, so.
0: A much more dynamic environment. Yeah. So, Robert, you'd mentioned a a couple of types of AI tools that folks are probably familiar with generally, um, text-to-image, so things Mm -hmm. like Dolly, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion. Probably most folks are also familiar uh, now with ChatGPT and uh, similar (laughs) tools. are there other tools that the participants are either free to use or you expect them to be you you think it's likely they'll be using
1: yeah we we've seen um a few others off the top of my head so um ebsynth is the software for kind of doing smooth interpolation between frames kind of induced motion in a like a cinematically coherent way um so so we're seeing some of that. Um, there's a tool called Runway ml, which is a web-based video editing program out of New York um, that has a lot of capabilities in terms of like depth of field blur, background subtraction, you know, um, yeah, I think there's a range of ways that people are gonna put these things together. I think we'll also see some pieces that use the AI in a more covert way, like it might be in the generation of the text and like, you know, less kind of, overtly whole image stylization or something, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I think one of the coolest things about holding these workshops that we've been holding and working in this area is how much, at the end of the day, the human is still involved. Because ultimately you're the one that's making the creative decisions. What, what are you, where are the cuts? What are you putting together? And even just talking to some of uh, the people today, one of them was like, no, I always start with my own writing. Like, I don't even want to get into that. And then, like, I start, you know, if I get stuck, then I'll go to GPT. But uh, really like starting with my own words. And I think that it can make us better and quicker decision makers about what we like what we don't like, what we should cut, what we should get rid of.
1: Yeah, maybe it shifts the work, some of the work from like producing material to like kind of editorial decisions or mm-hmm. these sorts of things. Yeah, so so it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of the range of work and how students approached it, s- or participants. Um, I did think we do have one special guest voice actor in one of our pieces. So mm-hmm. I, I, we are doing some
0: uh, deep fake voice synthesis. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah very so, exciting i'm yes. I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, the the teams <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, ultimately generate here but one one of the remarkable things just walking around and looking what everyone's working on most of the participants are either working on their own personal laptops or oh. they're up in the computer lab you do have one large more powerful system of for some more specialized software but this is all running on just ordinary computers basically how accessible are these tools nowadays
1: yeah i mean that's a that's a great question and like a real topic of concern i think in part but um i'd say aside from the one workstation our colleague set up, you know a lot of these are running on like cloud infrastructure that's being you know funded by startup money or microsoft paying open ai um, so like you know, I'd say students are mostly connecting to these web resources that are kind of doing the heavy computational lifting in a hidden
0: way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we we can't all have an A one hundred.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I mean I mean that's a that's a goal I think for us as educators and practitioners is to kind of broaden access and think about accessibility. I think the arts are an interesting place to work with these sorts of tools because you you know, seldomly find people who like identify as hardcore computer scientists or something in these areas. So I think there's this real attitude of just like getting it done. So I think, I think even through this kind of thing, we, we see which tools students gravitate or participants gravitate towards has to do with like ease of use, familiarity, you know, which is all kind of tied up in I'd say issues of accessibility, I mean, even over two years ago, needing to like build a custom Jupyter notebook and find the right GPU or something to run these sorts of tools, they're shifting towards like sort of AIS service or, you know, kind of web-based things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been really delightfully surprised today at how much green screen is being used. Let's
0: I'm going to need to go do uh, pictures in front of the green screen. All
1: right, let's 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 get the thing filmed yeah. in front of the
2: green screen first.
0: Well, yeah, okay, I, use- I mean, like, pictures for the oh. new references. Like, like
2: just putting together a data set? Yeah. Okay. I can go set up the green screen cool. real fast after. I-, I feel like green screen is just one of those, like, <laughs> technologies that's just, it's as strong as ever, if not more, mm. given... Um, how people are working in this building.
0: And how are you seeing it being used? So the, the green screen, uh, you have, the participants are actually filming themselves doing things mm-hmm. and that's being composited into uh, what they're working on?
2: Yeah, um, I just saw a tool that I had never seen before actually where a student was shooting something in front of a green screen and then brought it into a software that's free and available online that I had never seen before, and immediately turned it into kind of a three D image, something you might see in a game engine mm-hmm. uh, robot, kind of lying there on the ground. So, I mean, we learn tools every day. There's something new, and and our students are finding different kinds of ways of making films. And I would actually say there's this really cool moment that's you know the cool thing about Cinema 16 wanting to do this with Robert and Novi son and I is that these students in Cinema 16 are are very interested in what are the frontiers or the edges of cinema? And it's actually very, very akin to, I think, some very early experimental kind of cinema work that was happening and early video art as well in terms of kind of figuring out we're just in this moment of so many kinds of things coming at you to find this kind of new language almost Mm -hmm. um, in, in cinema, which is really cool.
0: What are you hoping the participants today get out of the experience?
2: Well, I mean, I think that one of the cool, the best things, as we as you just said at the very beginning, is constraints and working with with the amazing community that we are developing here and and will continue. Um, it was so cool that there were a group of young people who who kind of walked in as, so to speak, from, uh, they came all the way from Omaha and they had a family event and they just decided to stop in. But I think that those constraints really show the power of coming together outside of a classroom setting, which can feel a little bit more playful, liberatory, but also those constraints can help us remind ourselves to play and remind ourselves that we can make something um, we might have to, to scale, it helps us learn about scope creep mm-hmm. <laughs> and like <laughs> over scoping a project and really, you know, there's so many things that you learn in that this kind of process. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: learning learning about work process, like, like you said, scoping sort of like how to scope your effort within these sorts of things. I think also I just, I wanna add, I mean, I think, um, yes, it's a joy to work with people outside of kind of a classroom or formal situation where it's like interest driven, they're here, they've chosen to be here. You know, it's like, there's a there's a special energy from that. Um, but I, I'd, I'd say also, I really want people to come away with like a broad sense of possibility. And I, I expect we'll see it because of like a range of approaches and techniques. So, I, so I hope even for like, you know, our judges and our visitors that, that, that everyone's kind of coming away, you know, with a little glow about like what, what could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, What about for the two of you? What are you hoping to get out of today and thinking forward what's coming next uh, in this area of work for you?
2: Well, I think we're very interested in questions around um, what does that mean to co-create with not just machines, robots, etc., but also these other kinds of intelligences, right? Plants, animals, systems, um, human collaborators, human collaborators, (laughs) um, you know, co-creating with a room full of people who speak different languages or in a community setting. So all of that, I think is like very, very like, yes. And, um, I think I also, I mean, for me, I I'd like to push this more into that kind of like, just as you were saying, uh, like the animal internet of things. Uh, But yes, like kind of much more human in the loop um, and really thinking about prairie dog communication (laughs) or other sorts of things that we might be able to uh, tell stories about using AI in animals, plants.
1: Yeah. I'll say, I mean, I also, I get a lot from running these like kinds of workshops and things. I think it's, it kind of like reconnects you to some of the pleasure of like working with tools and like why we might've ended up working as artists or, or creatives different ways. Um, this also helps me. I teach a machine learning for the arts course um, specifically. So it's also interesting, just this this, this whole area is changing so, so fast. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see like what tools students get traction on, like mm-hmm. what kinds of conceptual grounding or technical grounding would help them understand what they're doing. And then also just thinking about how do we situate these tools in relation to like more, you know, filmmaking practice or painting or, or whatever. So I think, this kind of an event is a really nice kind of temperature check and community check and for a kind of reality check about where where things stand yeah but
2: also like towards live participatory theater yeah. um you know robert and i have a project we're getting ready to go to paris and do as a part of um isaiah and it's a workshop where it's a co-authoring participatory world building with gpt and from that and that all-day workshop full of strangers, we will then produce a live-streamed radio play mm-hmm. uh, that that will be beamed around the world. <laughs> um, and so, in some ways, that is also a kind of hackathon, designathon yeah, model, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and in that, we've gotten a lot of really interesting feedback from people that that say, "Wow." I got more done in that session than I did like in an entire kind of R and D sessions at my like tech job, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's again, it's that kind of pressurized like constraint and like really like being able to kind of come together on things and have a clear deadline. And then also some really interesting feedback just around how in these uh, processes using something like GPT-3 last year, how it it became the kind of foil. It allowed people who didn't know each other at all to come together and say, I don't have to worry about the one saying the, the silly thing because quite often the AI will be the, that. that Make the bad suggestion. Right. Make right. the yeah. bad suggestion. And so it became like a liberatory kind of mm-hmm. instant collaboration with strangers and teams. So. Yeah,
0: that, that's a, a really cool observation and I know I've experienced the exact same thing. Uh, yeah. It what one of the slightly different uh, observation but one of the participants I was talking to earlier observed well, he he said that he had started off by having conversation talking with Bing. Yeah. But <laughs> you you were having a conversation with Bing. So so I, I love that you're you're saying you're talking to Bing, oh, yeah. having a conversation with hey, the I, AI. I, I love Bing. I, I, I never thought I'd say that, but I'm um, totally so, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's my preference for for interacting with this stuff so far. I think. Isn't that an interesting way to frame yeah. your interaction uh, with the system? And it, it really was a, a participant uh, in the this yeah. co-creation process. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes, exactly. Which which reaches back to like the deep history of computing and Joseph Weizenbaum, the Eliza effect, mm-hmm. the ways that we are are we talking with the thing? Or, are mm-hmm. we conversing with a collaborator? Or you know, are we
0: using a tool? Yeah. Well. I know uh, we have to get uh, get ready to get judging. Yeah, um, so we, we will finish up there and uh, look forward to going out to the floor and seeing what folks have uh, put together for us.
2: Yeah thank you. Thank you.
0: If you're listening to this episode the day that it's being aired, you're listening to it on Friday, May 12th which many of you will know is coming up on the end of the academic year, which means both that things are pretty busy around here, but also that things are starting to slow down. Unlike AI, There's no slowing it down. Yeah, We do tend to get a little tired around this time of year. As the academic year winds down, the season of Tech Refactored is also winding down. Next week's episode will be the last episode of the season. We promise it will be a good one and hope that you'll join us. Talk to you then. Refactored is part of the Menard Governance and Technology Programming Series hosted by the Nebraska Governance and Technology Center. The NGTC is a partnership led by the College of Law in collaboration with the Colleges of Engineering, Business, and Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Tech Refactored is hosted and executive produced by Gus Hurwitz. James Fleege is our producer. Additional production assistance is provided by the NGTC staff. You can find supplemental information for this episode at the links provided in the show notes. To stay up to date on the latest happenings within the Nebraska Governance and Technology Center, visit our website at ngtc.unl.edu. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UNL underscore NGTC.